Good morning, City Life. Are you excited as I am that we are children of the King? That was good news to somebody. Good news to me over three decades ago, and it's still good news today. Hallelujah. Certainly our prayers and uh, concerns go out to Pastor Christie. Usually when you see me, something's going on with her. And certainly we are praying in speedy relief into her situation. Amen. She works tirelessly, tirelessly on the behalf of all concerned at City Life. And so we want to encourage the Holy Spirit to undergird and strengthen her in her recovery. Hurry back. They either got a number, call her up, say, get some rest, but hurry back. Amen. Our scripture this morning is lifted from uh, Paul's first letter to the church at Corinth, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the first 11 verses. And I'd invite you to join me in reading the scripture. I'm just a firm believer in reading it for yourself. I know what the scripture means to me when I read it, but, you know, you can have a similar or different experience. But again, don't go on rumor or innuendo. Read it for yourself. Uh, we find there recorded these words. Now, brothers and sisters, I always like to throw that in. I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved. Amen, somebody. If you hold firmly to the word I preach to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. And that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And that he appeared to Peter and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time. Most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. For I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And this grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Whether then it was for I or they, this is what we preach, and this is what you believed. This morning, our question for consideration is, have you seen Jesus? Have you seen Jesus? I'm sure a week removed from Calvary 2,000 years ago, there were a lot of rumors flying around. And, and, the, and the reports were coming in, and there was just this whole mixed bag of responses. Um, ha, ha, have, 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 have you heard about what happened to Jesus, how, how they captured him and they, they tried him and they convicted him and, and then they crucified him? 
And then the report went out that when they went to find the body to minister to it, it wasn't pressing. Some people suspected that his disciples had stole him away to uh, try to brace up the scripture accounts of he would not stay in the grave. Others thought that the body was snuck away by the Romans so that he couldn't have a proper burial. But, but regardless of the story, and there were so many of them, the, the, the question inevitably came around to, have you seen Jesus? If, if you ran into Cephas, he, 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 he would tell you that he saw him. If you ran into one of the apostles, they would say, not only did we see him, we spoke with him, we touched him, etc. And I will submit to us today, 2,000 years removed from that activity, that this is still a very vital and pivotal question. It's a question we should ask ourselves every day. Have I seen Jesus? And if I haven't, why not? I don't know about you, but I wake up every morning expecting the sun to be in the sky if it's daytime or the moon to be in the sky if it's nighttime. I, I want visual evidence that God is still keeping things in order. I, I praise God for gravity so that I don't just fly off into space. I, I praise God for rules and regulations that people just can't act any kind of way they want to act, me included. I, I praise God that his presence is visibly demonstrated to me every day. I, I count on it. I depend on it. When, especially when travail and, and, and uh, challenge comes into my life, I expect to see Jesus. That he, he made me a promise. Anybody ever go to God and remind him he made you a promise? Like, like Lord, you promised me I wouldn't be hungry. Okay? Okay. There's some Fruit Loops. There, there's some Cheerios. There, there's something around here to eat. Why? Because God promised me that. Amen? I, I go in my driveway and get in my truck. I expect it to start. God promised me some stuff as long as I do the proper maintenance and all the stuff that comes with that. But, but every day I'm, I'm bombarded with evidence that Jesus is no longer in the grave, that he's up and moving around and, and inviting folks into relationship. And, and, and so the fundamental question is, have I seen Jesus? And not just me when I encounter you. I want to know, have you seen him? One of my favorite movies is uh man on fire denzel watching me i don't know if any of you ever saw that but but i love it he's a retired semi-retired uh cia's hitman and, and all of his waywardness have put him into this downward spiral of alcoholism hard for him to get a job i've been there i know what he was struggling with and, and then uh, he finds himself in mexico trying to get a job to protect the child of some well-to-do folks down there. And kidnapping is running rampant in the environment. And so kidnapping strikes his young charge and spirits her away. And immediately she's held for hostage and Denzel is upset that this went down on his watch. Anybody tracking with me? Because I'm telling you the gospel story simultaneously just Hollywood style. And one of my favorite lines in the movie 
is that he's positioning himself to take out everybody responsible for the abduction of this child, this innocent. Sound familiar? Okay, Jesus is abducted, okay? But, but he's abducted because we were abducted by sin and trespass and were being held for ransom. That's the gospel story. That's what Paul wants the church at Corinth to understand. And, 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 and while these people are telling uh, Denzel, well, don't do that, you know, that's not yours to judge, Denzel, you're right. It's not mine to judge. And they will have to account to God eventually. But it is my responsibility to facilitate the meeting. I love that. That, that I won't judge you, but I'm supposed to facilitate the meeting. Now, he means it as a hit. But I'm saying what a great evangelical, evangelistic tool to encounter people in my day-to-day and ask them, have you seen Jesus? H- have you met him? You haven't? Well, I'm pleased to meet you, and my job and responsibility is to facilitate the introduction. Every believer in this room has been charged with the mission of making sure that people see Jesus. They ought to see it in your good morning. Good morning, Dr. Evans. I don't see a lot of Jesus in that. Okay, they, they ought to see it when, when they cut me off in traffic. Instead of me throwing my finger up, I should be on. Praise God, I hope you get where you're going. Okay, but, 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 but a lot of times people won't see Jesus because I won't show them to him. And so again, this still remains a very, very important question for us to consider. Paul says, I heard it and experienced it for myself, I'm passing it on, okay? And, and then not just me, he said, I'm, I'm at the end of a very long list of others that have seen him, okay? And despite people's efforts to discredit the activity, well, you can't prove the, Jesus died because we can't find the body, okay? I'm not looking for his body. <laughs> I'm expecting him to be resurrected and present physically, if I seek him. So after last week's event, the crucifixion, uh, Jesus demonstrates that not only is he all who he said he was, um, and as incomprehensible and profound as it is to our carnal and natural minds, the story continues. Paul's emphasis here is, of course, that on the heels of this demonstration of divine validation and vindication, God the Father and God the Son, through the Holy Spirit, are furthering the message of the cross to make witnesses to the coming of Jesus' kingdom. Amen? That, that, that's, that's our job every day, to make sure people know that his kingdom has come and there is yet opportunity to participate. Amen? But a lot of other questions came up. Yeah, Jesus met some at the tomb, but then he left them. And where did he go? What, what is he up to? Who does he see? And, and, and more importantly, who sees or does not see him? Paul, along with the Gospels, will flesh this out for us to make sure we don't miss out. Because if we are poorly informed, we become poorly formed. I'll give you a chance to process that. 
If you operating on bad information, then bad behavior is the direct result of that. You need a good message in order to do a good thing. I, I Even a child can understand that. Baby, don't eat all that candy. I'll have to pull you off the ceiling. It'll be hard for me to get you in your jammies at bedtime. I got to make sure that you don't have garbage in because that's all we'll get is garbage out. And so Paul makes sure that we understand the essentials of the gospel. I, I love Paul's story because I can see myself in there. You know, he understands the full measure of grace. If you're a chief sinner, you're a chief recipient of God's grace. If you are a chief trespasser and, and, and uh, malignant personality, then you are a direct beneficiary of God's redemptive activity. Nobody should praise God louder than a recovering sinner. Nobody, nobody should be able to drown you out if God have done anything in your little life. You ought to thank God for Fruit Loops. You ought to thank God for Cheerio. You ought to thank God for a visa vehicle. You ought to thank God for a roof over your head. God ought not have to beg you to praise him. Too much evident that he been busy in your little life. Sorry, I didn't mean to get carried around. But, 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 but every day I have to remind, people ask me, how do you stay sober? 35 years. First day I do in the morning, remind myself is I'm an addict. That, that, Lord, I'm still here. That probably means I'm still an addict. Okay, I'm still giving to stuff that's not good for me. And then when I can make that confession, I can immediately praise him that I'm not practicing my addiction. But if you don't confess there's a problem, you probably won't get around to a solution. And not only does he demonstrate his great love for my, while, while I was a practicing sinner, but even now, as a practicing Christian, I remind myself that the only thing that separates me from any other sinner is his grace. Paul says it like this, I am what I am by the grace of God, not cause of the university, that doctor stuff will get you in trouble sometime, okay? That my education and my intellect. We've got to be very careful. And Paul put, presents himself as the prototype of fallen men. I'm the, man, when it comes to sinners, nobody got me beat. And I let him get away with that because I'm not here yet. But he cuts to the chase that the primary result of Calvary is we now have opportunity to see Jesus for who he really is. Redemptive sacrifice, atonement, blessed Savior, Lord of our life, and conquering King. After he reiterates that essential and foundational truth of the gospel, he proceeds to list all the people that he is aware of that have been privileged to see the Savior in the flesh and ultimately in the spirit. He includes himself on the list, and I love the language that he uses. He says, I'm abnormally born and out of season. What does that even mean, Paul? What, what are you talking about? He says that, that I didn't reach full development. God got with me while I was still floundering in my foolishness. 
God didn't wait for me to get better to provide rescue. and re Praise his name that he didn't wait till I came around. Because here's the problem. I can't come around without him. And too many people are trying to get it straight and then come to the church. You got it backwards, baby. You got to come to the church to get it straight. Oh, oh, trying to help somebody today. There's an old country song say, I'm looking for love in all the wrong places. And so again, he, he uses this language, I'm born out of season. What, is, what does that mean? Well, in the birth, uh, actually, he's talking about abortion. And he's saying, I, I don't get to go nine months in, in the womb of Christ. He breaks me out prematurely. We are all in this room spiritual preemies. Anybody, y'all familiar with that term? Okay, baby that doesn't go to full term. God, God, God didn't wait. He rescued us in the midst of of our challenge. Praise his name. I love this Greek word, ekromatai. I'm a member of the ekromatai. Okay? The, the, the spiritual preemies. God doesn't wait to deliver me. He just goes. Paul is a house of fire as a, as a Pharisee. But then he runs into Jesus on the road to Damascus. And boy, does he realize how far away from God's intended purpose he really is. And I would pray today that all who profess to be a believer have had a genuine encounter with the Lord of his or her salvation. You need to see Jesus regular. Amen. You, you need to see him every day, sometimes multiple times a day. I'll take a five-minute break and go in the restroom so me and Jesus can have a conversation when I hop in the shower, I'm saying, Lord, Lord, get the dirt off of me, but get the dirt out of me, too. Oh, I'm trying to help somebody this morning. Me, Lord, I'm trying to help me. Okay? And Scripture makes it abundantly clear that not only is Jesus available, but he desires to have relationship. Any of you have some people in your life don't want nothing else to do with you? Because they remember how you used to be? And, and you keep trying to prove that you've changed, but you had such an impact once upon a time. And, mm, I ain't going for that no more. But but I've been I've been saved for, for 20 years. And, mm, some stuff ju I just can't forgive you for. Well, that got to be your problem. And that can't be my ongoing. I can't let you hold. I can't let you hold me hostage because you can't get over. If, if God can forgive me, that tell me anybody can. But I digress. But not only does God want us to ha want, have a relationship with him, he wants us to know that he has been seeking us all the time, long before we made ourselves available. Scripture says he demonstrates his great love for me while when? While I'm yet a sinner. So, so why is it that some see him and others not so much? I'm glad you asked. Resurrection revelation can only be discerned through a resurrection mindset. Did I say that too fast for you? 
You can only see the things of God with the spirit of God. You can only know the mind of God by having the same mind as God. Amen. He'll write to the church at Philippi. He says, let this same mind that was in Christ Jesus be in you. And so really to appreciate what went down at the resurrection event, you need a resurrection mindset. Paul says it to the church in Rome. He says, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. You, you can't think about things the same old way after you've had an encounter with Jesus. Okay? Everything in your carnal mind wants to punish the people that slap you around and mistreat you. Jesus said, when you get a new mindset, you can love them. What? Love my enemies? Jesus, you have lost your mind. No, I need you to lose your mind. That's some grown folks theology right there. I need you to stop thinking about the world in the way you've been thinking about it and see them like I see them. That they bumbling around, they fumbling around. They just don't get it. But we don't give up on them. We lean closer in. We become more loving the more they are unloving. Oh, Jesus, I know this is hard. But we have to have a transformative event where our eyes are open, like the two on the road to Emmaus. Sitting there having fish and chips with Jesus. And don't even know who he is. The scripture says they have conversation and then their eyes are open. Every one of us who have had an encounter with Jesus ought to have some opened eyes. Ought to still not be bumping into the stuff we've been bumping into. Amen. They said one sure sign of a fool is a hickey. Because he keeps bumping his head when he don't have to. Okay. Eventually, it ought to occur to us, it's hard, and my head is sore. Okay. But here's how it goes down in the gospel narrative. First, Jesus appears to some immediately. So I'm thinking about the women outside the tomb. Okay. Why does Jesus pop up there first? Okay. Because he's going to lean into the devout first. Those that are looking for him, he's going to make sure he shows up. They're gathered at the tomb expecting to find a body, but are blessed to see a resurrected person. They come grieving and sorrowful about his death, lamenting the loss, but their reverence and ongoing worship brings revelation. You want to see Jesus? Start some worship and see when he show up. I gave you every time. I start singing Amazing Grace, Jesus shows up. Every time I start the tune of just a closer walk with thee, somehow I look right there and Jesus is walking with me. If you don't have no worship in your life, then the odds of you seeing him are minimal. Scripture says he inhabits the praises of his people. And yeah, I know the devil is painting a grim picture for a lot of us today, but, but, but we can see Jesus if we just lean into a worship experience. Text goes on to say that some see him a little bit later. 
And there's an explanation for that. They've scattered. They're, they're disappointed. They're defeated. Some are even doubting. Thomas is in the room with Jesus, touches his womb, verifies that he's and still have doubt. And some of us have seen Jesus once upon a time, but have gone back to our former lives and, and got caught up in the distractions of this world, and it starts to block our view. I'm going to suggest that, that, that we concentrate our efforts on seeking Jesus first. You want to see Jesus? Make him your primary focus. Here's what the scripture says. In him I live, move, and have my very being. I submit my life to him first thing every morning. That doesn't guarantee me a golden day, but it's a better day. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if the door is open, I will come in and sup with you. Anybody answering the door when Jesus knocks? Anybody listening for that still, small voice? Jesus has promised me that he's in com communication. So I should be listening for him. And when he knocks, I ought to jump up and throw open the door and let him in my life. Some don't see Jesus simply because they will not answer the door. The two on the Emmaus Road are disconnected and need to be brought back into fellowship. Jesus tells us, Forsake not the assembling of yourself, because where his people are, you can expect to find him. Amen? I, I, I love this. Jesus takes his show on the road. Remember when he starts out in Cana? You know, he's trying to keep it on the low. But as he gets closer to Jerusalem and the crucifixion, he, he's leaving people without excuses everywhere. Okay? Now, I don't know who your big name entertainment is, but, but, but certainly if... Uh, I don't know, T.D. Jakes came to town. Pe people would be trying to get a ticket to that, Tony Evans, okay? Here's Jesus, people hear him in town, and, and they won't even bust a move in his direction. You, you do know that the, that the Messiah have come. Yeah, I'll catch him next time he's in town. Unfortunately, he ain't going to be in town long, Okay. Let somebody bless me with a 50-yard line ticket to the Ohio State-Michigan game, okay? I'm going to do what I got to do to be at that game, amen? But somehow Jesus isn't drawing that kind of crowd. Scripture says those who keep their minds stayed on him shall be beneficiaries of his perfecting peace. Hard not to... See Jesus if I got my mind stayed on him. And then tragically, some don't see him at all. Simply because they're not looking for him. They, they believe he's dead and it's all over with. Peter then went back to fishing. The boys are scattered abroad everywhere. And they just have given up the search. All is lost in spite of all the promises that Jesus has given them. What's preventing some of us today from seeing Jesus? Is it your circumstance? 
There's always been hungry folk. Okay. But there's always been a way for the hungry to be fed. Maybe it's your situation. Well, well, my, my money is funny. All right. Some of us got some money and can help you. All right. Don't let your circumstance or your situation prevent you from seeing Jesus. He's always there. That is his promise. To faithfully reward those who do what? Diligently seek him. Jesus never leaves me hanging. Some of my friends do. Some of my family. I was expecting you to pick me up. Well, I got busy. and blah, blah. But Jesus never leaves me hanging. Never. I can't think of a time when I called on him and he didn't show up. 68 years. I, I can't think of a time. Can't think of a time. Call upon his name and you shall be saved. Sound like a direct invitation to an audience with Jesus. Here's some further food for thought. This is your takeaway. Maybe you've seen Jesus, but that's been a long time ago. Well, I want you to start leaning into your devotions and you'll start to see him more frequently. Purpose to see Jesus every day, and you won't miss him at all. They tell me that a day without orange juice is like a day without sunshine. I'm here to tell you a day without Jesus, there is no sunshine. Lest the S-O-N shine, the S-U-N will never come up. I want to invite you to start looking for Jesus at every opportunity. Maybe that's not the problem if it's been so long ago. Maybe you just occasionally catch a glimpse. That's good news. That means you are positioning yourself in some regard, but again, you can lean into it. To live without Jesus in your life is to live beneath what God has intended for you bereft of the benefit that he has provided. Scripture tells us to call upon him while he is near. Seek him while he may be found. And this is the promise. He says that if you abide in me, I'll abide in you. Encouragement after encouragement, have you seen Jesus? Where are you looking for him? While he's everywhere, there are some places it's more evidence that he's premised. Bible tells me that even if I make my bed in hell, Jesus, I've slept there. And Jesus spoke to me. Even in the presence of my enemies, when I was just sure they were going to cut me down, Jesus was right there. Oh, thank you, Lord. He is seen more prominently in some places. This is why the scripture tells us to get together as believers. Because some, so, somebody brought him today. Anybody bring Jesus with you today? Yeah, 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 yeah. I should find him wherever there is a need for rescue and resolution. I should find him in scripture, in prayer, in the testimony and witness of others. Here's the killer question right here. Are you really looking? 
Sometimes we only are going through the emotions and the motions of looking for Jesus. Looks like we're looking, but on closer scrutiny, we only want him when we are jammed up and sideways. Don't you know Jesus want to hear from you when things are going well in your life? That just like the famine, Jesus wants to see you when it's fat and when it's lean. Just get in the habit of seeing Jesus on the regular. If I'm in constant contact, he is easier to find. Here's a dead giveaway. A broken spirit and a contrite heart guarantees an audience much like worshiping him does. Who are you looking for him with? With other believers? This is why we are here today. That if you know not to Christ and the pardon of your sins, we're here to help him, help you find him. Ain't that right, church? Isn't that why we're here today? To lift up the Lord, the name of the Lord so that others can see that he is real and he is risen and he is still relevant. That's why every one of us is here today. And so somebody approaches you after I stop talking and says, I'm looking for Jesus. You ought to have a response. Amen. And if you don't have a response, see me and I'll give you one. You have the gospel story in you already. All you have to share is what the Lord has done in your life and encourage somebody else that he can do the same thing for them. We are called to be witnesses, not just recipients of the blessings that he have given. Anybody want to join me in helping somebody look for Jesus? If you're here today and you know him not, see, they're telling me, we're all believers in here. See one of us. We'll help you find Jesus. I love it when people tell me, like, I, I, I found the Lord. Here's the fact of the matter. Jesus ain't never been lost. <laughs> you don't find him. He finds you. And if you can get over that, stop taking credit for what Jesus does, he can use you. Okay. You got a testimony. Okay. You got something to say to somebody to help them see Jesus. Amen. Give God some praise up in here. Give God some praise up in here. That he never stopped looking for you. The relentless, reckless love of God tracked you down arrested you in the moment and wrote your name in the Lamb Book of Life. Boy, you ought to be more happy about it. I understand why some people don't see because G- see G- we act all sad about it. I'm glad he found me because I remember where I was and who I was with. And now I look at where I'm at. I'm looking at that, that pretty woman I've been married to for 35 years. That's a Jesus thing right there. She was out of my league. But Jesus made an introduction. 
Say, he ain't much now, but together we'll, we'll whip him into shape. We'll help him get his stuff together. You'll be proud of him some days. And other days we'll just work on him. I praise God for what he has done in my life. Not ashamed of the gospel. Because it's the power of God unto salvation. Hallelujah. I'm trying to stop right now, but it's just too good right this minute. He's risen. How do you know? He's risen right in here. He's risen, and he's real. Have you seen? Amen. I got to stop right now.